it's a good thing to do the right thing, hmm. but it's the right thing to do it good. Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journeys series, where James Robert uncovers and explores some of the industry's biggest digital marketing and sales stories of success. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay, and welcome to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series, and I'm excited to welcome Yuri Nabokov to the show because he has such a great story to tell. Now, Yuri, you're the AVP of Customer Experience at Machaya Savings Bank up in Portland, Maine. What is one thing right now that you're excited about in this post COVID-19 world. Well, James, Robert, thank you very much for inviting me to participate in this awesome project. I am delighted to share my thoughts, ideas, and I am simply sincerely appreciative of the way you introduced me and the recognition by you of my story, you know, means a lot. So thank you, brother, for having me on the show. To answer your question, I think the most important thing right now in post-COVID world is the fact that we clearly see what was transformational, digital, innovation, stories that a lot of people were were sharing or talking about. And uh, the reality is like, like they say, you know, when the when when the reality hits you in the face, you know, the plans go out the window. So um, I think you know, COVID nineteen truly showed who is current and who is simply preserving the past achievements. And um, the other thing is that I think those individuals who took the time to actually pause during COVID nineteen take a look around, assess their environment, competitive, internal, culture, all sorts of different things that play into the success of uh, financial institutions and prepare themselves to launch into the future are the ones who are actually going to be truly successful in the post-COVID-19. Well, and you said the key word right there. They stopped, they paused, they reflected, they assessed, then they thought about what the opportunities are to move forward, to create, to capture the roadblocks that they need to eliminate because the world that that we've moved into post-COVID, it's never going back to the way things were before, the way people think, the way people shop, the way people buy, relate, have conversations. It's completely different going forward. And and I think you and I were talking in, in, in the pre-interview, we cannot let our past, our past success, our past failures, determine who we are in the present or who we can be in the future. We have an opportunity. That's why I'm so excited. We have an opportunity to look at COVID as a a launching pad to almost reinvent ourselves personally, as teams, as organizations, as communities, to create something even bigger and better than what we we had before. So, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a believer that, you know, for me personally, as we're talking about personal, uh, you know, transformational journeys, I believe that my greatest accomplishments are still ahead. 
and uh, the saboteurs of progress are no longer relevant. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think we need to uh, we need to definitely reflect on that. You know, when I when I said about you know uh, assessing the environment is to see who was truly contributing and driving change, and wh whether this change was meaningful or it was simply driven by personal agendas. So let's talk about like like that idea of transformation. Because here's the thing: like like anyone listening, if you're talking about change in your financial brand, whether it's in the marketing side, the sales side, the leadership side. Stop talking about change today. Make that a commitment going forward because as human beings, we don't like change. There's a very innate fear of change. On the alternative side though, substitute change for transformation because transformation is about creating an even better version of what we have today. It's Transformation isn't scary like change is. So let's go back and talk about your own story. 12 years ago, you came to the US from Russia. You had a backpack, you had less than $500 in your pocket. Let's talk about the transformations that you've seen over those last 12 years uh, and, and what have been some of the key lessons that you've learned personally along the way. Oh man, there is a lot to talk about and I'm afraid that you know uh, we would have to record you know several seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just to unpack all of it. But I have to tell you, one of the most amazing experiences was that, and it's truly a country, you know, it's a truly a testament to, you know, who Americans are and what this country is. When I came to Maine in 2008, I was working in a small village in a community store or a convenience store. And the business owner of the store he became my mentor, you know, during the time, you know, I would open a store with him at 5 a.m. He would be there on time, 5 a.m., business owner. He would close the store with me with me around 8 p.m. So seven days a week, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., he is there, I'm there, we're working back to back. So, and uh, towards the end of the summer, 2008, he asked me a relatively simple question. He's like, so Yuri, what are your... Uh, what are your next steps? I'm like, well, I really wish I could find a way to stay in this country, but you know, $500 backpack, students visa, you know, roadblock after roadblock. I don't think there is a lot uh, for me here. So he's like, well, what would be one thing that you would really want to do while you're here? Well, I'm studying public relations in Russia. I like marketing, social media is starting to be a big thing. I think I would really want to learn about all these uh, disciplines from the American professors. So he's like, so you want to go to a local college or a university? I'm like, sure, that'd be awesome. He's like, well, what are you waiting for? I'm like, well, um, you know, cash on hand, kind of tight. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, all right, just give it a shot, see what you can do, and let's regroup after. So three or four weeks later after that conversation, I came back with two acceptance letters, like, hey, I can go to a state school or I can go to a private school. He's like, well, what's the difference? Why are you, you know, why are we even talking about just pick something? I'm like, well, the state school, you know, seems to be, you know, bigger and better. However, there is out of state tuition, which is, you know, astronomical and I really just can't afford. He's like, well, what about the private school? I'm like, well, the private school doesn't have the same kind of like requirements, a little bit cheaper. And it ultimately is focused on all the things that I was excited about, you know, photography, design, you know, website development, like the things that I was just like, they were so fresh and so new and exciting. I was like, that would be the thing that I really want to do. He's like, okay, 
what do you need from me? I'm like, um, I didn't really expect that I need anything from you. He's like, all right, let me unpack this for you. How much is it going to cost? I'm like, well, you know, the first semester, you know, we're looking around, you know, $10,000 plus all the savings and, you know, all the money that I made over the summer. He went upstairs, he signed the check, he came down, he gave it to me and said, hey, go make me proud. Wow. You're giving me goosebumps. I, I want to cry every time I tell this story because hardworking guy came from a regular blue-collar American family, started his business, retired a multimillionaire, and he gave me an opportunity to succeed in this country without any strings attached. The only thing he asked me to do is to make him proud. Make him proud. And make him proud you have because along the way, not only did you get that initial degree, you picked up two more degrees along the way. And talk to me about that. Talk Because you're a lifelong learner. And I think that's a key trait for those that want to thrive in this post-COVID-19 world of exponential change. We're moving beyond the service economy. We've done that years ago. We're transitioning now through what many call the experience economy and moving into what I'm calling in in the future, the knowledge economy or the expert economy to where knowledge and expertise is going to be what separates individuals and organizations. So let's talk about those additional academic degrees that you've picked up along the way. (laughs) <laughs> well, as of today, I, uh, I have four academic degrees. I have a degree from Russia in public relations, uh, marketing undergrad from New England School of Communications, uh, master's, uh, MBA in healthcare management and master's in human relations. But I think the reasons that I was so um, you know, passionate about learning and exploring new domains and new fields was probably, I would attribute it to four key elements of the way I am or the way I, uh, I, I guess, you know, view myself in the world or you know, elements that I practice. I think it's important to stay alert, mm. be curious, appreciate life for what it is and what it gives you. And ultimately focus on mastering the craft, not gaining the skill because skill seems like a very narrow approach, like a very narrow road, but the craft, if we're talking about customer experience, as an example, you know, we're talking about design, we're talking about user interface, we're talking about communication, we're talking about delivery channels, all sorts of things. We're even talking about copywriting to make a very emotional and relevant appeal in the short amount of time that we have, you know, between the, the moment the, the person receives the message and, you know, comprehends the message and responds to the received message. So all of those, song, the, all of those things are, you know, uh, critical. But what, what was happening the time when I started my undergrad journey at NASCOM in 2008, and this is another great story, and uh, I'm very, very, I'm proud of how it turned out, but I'm not proud how I got there. So after my first semester, while I was trying to make my mentor and a friend proud, you know, and right. basically <laughs> make the money work, right around kind of like the mid towards the end of the semester, I wasn't really doing well. I was kind of um, cocky. I thought that, look at me. Here I am, top of class, coming from Russia, graduate of Siberian State Aerospace University. And here I am talking about some marketing 101. I'm like, what? So anyway, 
the point is my academic advisor she called me in the office one day and she said yuri um i'm really excited that you're here are you excited about being here i'm like oh yeah of course i am you know i'm doing my thing she's like well do you realize that the contributions there that you're making are not necessarily on par with who you say you are and maybe maybe this place is not for you mm. and i was you know i was trying to get defensive and explain myself and all sorts of things she's just like no i don't need the answers right now i just want you to show what you're capable of so I got my rear end in gear. I finished that semester, you know, 4.0. I set, I, I set myself on a path that, you know, no matter what it takes, is going to be 4.0. Next semester, I was elected as uh, vice president of student government. I received a job as um, a resident assistant. And I also got accepted into uh, MBA program for the following year as a graduate assistant. So, um, I, I, I got three jobs while I was on campus because as an international student, you don't you have a very limited capabilities or opportunities to work off campus. So whatever you're doing has to happen on premise. So yeah, anyway, uh, that's that's how I started my journey of obtaining two academic degrees at the same time while working three jobs. Technology has transformed our world, and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now, consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to, because James Robert wrote the book that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits now back to the show wow so and and that then transitioned you into where you're at today as the avp of customer experience and really what you're doing is so fascinating because i've been following this one perspective this is fast forward main uh, I've, I've talked a lot about financial brands and the opportunities that they have to develop a community a platform, a, a, a business of expertise, if you will, business people and in-person workshops. It's something that I see a model other financial brands could be inspired from, but also implement and really gain some, some valuable positioning in a post-COVID-19 world where people are looking for clarity. So, you know, the way I arrived to ideating uh, around Fast Forward Main as a platform was a multi-year process. And actually, believe it or not, it started with hiring a videographer. At the time, I was, uh, I was an instructor of digital marketing and social media at, um, at Hudson University. And one of my students, he, he was studying to be a videographer. And I kind of reached out to him and I said, hey, would you like to do a couple of, you know, site side hustles for the bank, you know, do this and that. So the important message here with hiring the videographer, I was focused on content. 
and you know as, as a marketer you know it needs to the the, the content need, needs to be uh, uh, quality content it needs to be relevant and it also needs to be personalized so in order to do that at scale we would have to have a, a significant marketing budget which you know always <laughs> always a problem so it was it was actually cheaper for me to hire uh, a student and crank out videos on schedule on weekly basis so after doing that for several years we we started thinking about well how can we take this digital engagement that is currently happening on our social media channels with the help of our videos, how can we make it a little bit more in-person type of experience? Mm. Instead of you know, recording the messages, putting it out there, what can we do to, um, you know, to bring people together and share the, their thoughts and ideas, learn something, and uh, kind of like you know, help other around them to, you know, to, to, to get better? So we partnered with a marketing agency called flight new media and uh, the founder of the agency is rich brooks he's um, you know he's a famous digital marketing social media persona anyway you know over the years we became good friends so one day three of us cody chasson the videographer rich brooks the the agency owner and myself we were sitting there it's like okay guys well how can we take this put it in person and scale <laughs> so we we're like well let's put a workshop and then record a workshop and then you know have those you know video materials available for everyone to watch after we perform this thing so two years ago this pilot project didn't even have a name it was just business development workshops presented to you by machaya savings bank and flight new media we conducted i think six or eight in-person events and they went really well and during one of the events, a person got up because, you know, the, the way they were structured, the bottom part, uh, I mean, the, the beginning of the, the workshop was basically presentation from two or three different experts. And the end of the day was the mastermind session where people would present their, you know, business challenges and everyone in the audience would participate and try to offer their insights or maybe just simply ideas on how to address that because you know we get an audience and you have an you know a restaurant owner or a consultant or you know CPA or so or sorts of you know different individuals in the same room so anyway one person got up and said guys how can we continue the same level of engagement and how can we continue to learn from you yeah so we were like, wow, well, first of all, it's kind of cool that someone says that they're learning from us and they also want us to continue. So we, um, we played with the idea of you know, content creation, valuable information, and developing a community because what we really loved during that pilot program was not necessarily the presentation of the content or you know, positioning yourself as a business coach in a way, but uniting people to bringing people together to discuss their issues and move forward together. And you can see, you know, how the idea started to shape up. And one day we're like, fast forward main. I love it. I love it. So really kind of to recap, this program, this platform has been multiple years, two to three years in the making. It's not like you just, well, we have this idea and we're gonna get going. It started with the pilot program. That pilot program showed proof of concept and it really showed proof of concept three ways. One, it was about building a community of like minds 
to position the bank beyond, hey, we've, we've got these commoditized loan products that every other financial brand has or these, de- these deposit accounts. You built the community, you produced content to help first create value for this community. And as a result, you expanded this community's capabilities by playing the role of the helpful guide in the journeys of of these business owners in Maine. And as a whole, you have a purpose you're working towards to fast forward Maine. So absolutely. I I love this. You know, it resonates with the DNA of the bank. It also resonates with the people who involved in the project because we, you know, we commit our personal time. We work on creating content, training materials. We're, We're sourcing different experts and we encourage them to participate in uh, Fast Forward Maine. And uh, I also wanted to add several weeks ago, well, we were planning for a while to conduct an in-person, not a workshop, but an all-day conference. I saw that. 350 people, and this was uh, Rich Brooks, 350 people had registered to attend, and then COVID hit. But that didn't stop you guys. So that awesome, ah, oh, you know, I I love you, James Robert, for paying attention to the things we are doing. So I, I appreciate the support. So instead of uh, instead of canceling or postponing the event, we're like, all right, just let's refund all the ticket sales, let's make it digital, and let's make it free. So. Uh, they, the, the second day of the event, we had 450 people who participated in the event across the state. We managed to bring uh, an incredible, incredible individuals ranging from social media experts like John Lee Dumas and Chris Brogan. I saw Chris Brogan was there, yeah. Oh, that was that was an incredible, incredible podcast because we we were recording a live podcast. You know, like we basically made them like a keynote speaker, but we wanted to collect his insights and then ultimately syndicate this information and share it not just live with the audience that was there, no, but with the listeners of the uh, fast forward main podcast after the event. And again. All the presentations, everything is available free of charge. All you have to do is share your name so we know who you are. Enter your email address so we can inform you about the upcoming episodes. And here you have it. So if you're listening, you're a financial brand marketing team member, you're on the sales team, you're on the leadership team, Yuri, you've got such a great story because you've brought together 450 individuals from around the state of Maine let me ask you, because I make similar recommendations for financial brands that I'm working with. How do you overcome the objections and the roadblocks? Because I think that's a key part of the story to develop a platform like this that has an exponential factor for years to come. I think, I, I, you know, it may sound a little bit philosophical. It's a good thing to do the right thing, hmm. but it's the right thing to do it good. So when you, when you know that there, is, uh, that there are no other agendas besides creating value and creating a community around uh, one simple idea, as, as the name says, fa- says, fast forward main. So, you know, I believed in it as well as the people who um, committed to be a part of the fast forward main. I had to work with people that 
did not share my vision. I had to overcome the challenges of, you know, explaining what a podcast is <laughs> to people that uh, never listened to podcasts and were saying that they couldn't find it on their local radio channel. So there was a lot of education, but you know, it makes it the process actually exciting because when you start, when you, when you're facing the objections and you're facing the challenges, those people who are willing to persevere and, and, and endure that, uh, the hardships of, uh, implementing change or, uh, nurturing change in somebody's, you know, perspective, that's rewarding in itself, you know, because, Ultimately, you still get to do what you love to do. You still get to launch what you believe is the right thing. And in all honesty, we were going to do it regardless if we, you know, if we were going to be supported or not. But at the end of the day, I have to say that you know, I work with very talented and forward-thinking leaders who read the proposal, who saw the, the business case, who listened to podcasts and kind of like, I, I don't want to say that we're all on the same level because you know, their vision is 30,000 you know, foot view versus you know, my kind of like a smaller lane. But you know, we found the common ground, we decided to give it a shot, and people were just we, just waiting to see what we can do with it. And we are going to be, we are going to be recording, well, we have 52 episodes, but wow. we, we, we have 52 episodes for Fast Forward Main, but we're going to be recording a special 50th episode, kind of like a half a millennial type of <laughs> you know, celebration, you know, half, half, half a century celebration. So, you know, we're excited about it. It's, it's, it's awesome. So I hear a couple of things. Number one, you had to help the unaware become aware of what the opportunities were in the first place. You had to give them clarity that this is a growth opportunity. But number two, you had the support of the organization because it seems like purpose is a central theme of how you operate, how you believe as an organization, particularly through the lens of, of this fast forward main program. I'd like to know where do you go from here? Because in the pre-interview, we were talking about like, you're creating all of this content that is now being transferred to your loan officers, your business loan officers, your community development people to where they can share this and help to build their own personal platforms. So it's almost like a, a perpetual evergreen, like sustaining program that's just going to create more value the more that you do this and the more that you get this content out to the people in the communities that that you serve you know i don't want to go anywhere from where i am mm. i i found my place i know my worth i'm constantly working on polishing my skills and expanding my craft and the impact of my craft you know, I think it's the most rewarding and, you know, very humbling thought to have when you know that it's not that I have arrived to where I want to be, but I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. I love that. I love that. You know, Yuri, it's been such a good conversation and I appreciate all the insights you shared about your own personal digital growth journey. Let me ask, you know, I'm listening. I'm a financial brand marketing team member. I'm on the sales team. I'm on the leadership team. The world is very different post COVID-19 and you've experienced a lot along the way. What is one thing, one practical idea, insight, action item that you could recommend 
for me to take over the next 12 months to focus on going forward? One thing that is going to be important for me is, and I really hope you'll, you know, you, you find some value in it is focusing on identifying open, complex, dynamic, and network problems and finding solutions. So when you, when you, when you're, when you're presented with a challenge like that, you start thinking about things like storytelling, design thinking, empathy, mindfulness. So I can't just box it into a one thing. It's like, hey, this is one thing. You know, you know how the marketers do like, oh, you know, the top five things that you must do, you know, in order to increase your conversion optimization. Great, right? So these are the elements that are going to be important for me for next um, 12 months, next 24 months, next five years, because we are going to be faced with a new set of challenges, hmm. new set of expectations. And like we talked earlier, when you presented me with this notion of the circle that is divided in four, you know, four parts, we have competition that you know, we need to properly assess who is the competition and where we can be competitive. Technology, are we on par with the customer expectations or are we on par internally? Do we have the skills to operate the technology effectively and efficiently? Then you know, we're talking about you know, consumer and customer behavior because you need to also remember that the, the expectations are shifting outside of your organization as well as the inside of your organization. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, what the environment is going to present you. So how can you tackle those major four domains without expanding your horizons and practicing the skills and craft in a new way? So I love that. Four key recommendations for the listener. Design thinking, putting people at the center of all of your thinking, all of your doing. You mentioned storytelling because story content, if you will, it's what connects people together. Empathy, EQ, I believe in this digital world is more important than IQ. And something that we're starting to study here is AQ, or the adaptability quotient, which really leads to the last point that you shared of mindfulness, just being aware of what the opportunities in the future are, looking for roadblocks that we can eliminate, looking for value that we can create together as an organization, but also as an example with the fast forward program, looking at collaboration opportunities with other entities, organization brands within a financial brands community. Yuri, great conversation. If someone wants to connect with you to continue this discussion, to continue this dialogue, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and say hello? Well, before I share my, <laughs> my contact information, James Robert, absolutely, I'm a huge fan of the work you're doing. I'm a believer that you are on track to change financial institutions that engage with you, and I'm continuing to learn from your insights. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to call you my friend, 
my mentor, the person who inspires my work on a daily basis. So thank you, brother. Uh, for those you know who are, who are still interested after hearing my story to connect with me, um, hit me up on LinkedIn. You know, it's the fastest way to connect. My name is Yuri Nabokov, and you spell Yuri as Y-U-R-Y, and Nabokov as a, as a famous author. So yeah, brush up on your uh, literature skills and uh, let's uh, let's have some conversations. Hey, Yuri, thanks for joining me so much. Seriously, thanks for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth, man. Awesome. Until next time, be well, do good, and wash your hands. Technology has transformed our world and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to because James Robert wrote the book that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Now back to the show.